Well, good morning, and I can tell by the overcrowding in the pews that it is Stewardship Sunday. Thank you all for laughing at my jokes. I'm married to someone who never laughs at my jokes, who tells me that he is laughing on the inside. See, he's still not laughing. But this morning, uh, we carry on with our story from the Gospel of John. And the one sentence that has given me pause all week, and I looked it up in all the commentaries, and none of them even mentioned it, that it was worthy of note, is the people asking John, who are you, and what are you doing here, and why are you here? And he says that he's here to baptize, and the one is standing among you. Well, who is the one? I would think if you were in a crowd of people, wouldn't you wonder who the one was? Wouldn't you begin to look around and see if there was anyone who was a stranger or a visitor? And how big was the crowd? There's all kinds of questions that surround this reading. So we have who was there, why were they there, and who is this mysterious stranger that is standing amongst them? Who is John talking about? Well, of course, we know it's Jesus. And by this time, Jesus was an adult, probably about 30 years old. He's beginning his earthly ministry here among us. But we also know that before he did all of this, there was prep work. He had to go into the desert for 40 days and wrestle with Satan and really think about God's plan for him. We like to gloss over what it must have been like to wander in, those de in that desert because we get very focused on Jesus wrestling with Satan and the three things that Satan offers him if only he will bow down and worship him. But say, uh, Jesus must have been cold, tired, scared, lonely, all of the things that we would be. And in that moment, or those 40 days, we think about his humanity more than at any other time other than the crucifixion. What was Jesus willing to give up in order to follow what God wanted him to do? Which leads me to ask the question, what are you willing to give up in order to follow God? What things are you willing to lay aside that have less importance for you and to you because you have decided that living the life that God has called you to is more important. 
Now I could tie that into stewardship, and at some point I probably will. I haven't gotten there yet. But it's more than just what we give to the church. Yes, it's important that we give, but it's also important that we be here, that we witness to all that God has done for us, not only in our lives, but in our community. And I talk a lot about community because I think it is so important. If we didn't have one another, what would we be? Who would we be? Where would we go? Those are the other pieces of stewardship. Who will you serve? Money is a wonderful thing. Lord knows I don't want to be without it. But it takes more than money to build a church. It takes people with a common goal, a common belief system that the world is a better place because you all are in it and you are present among us and we need you, not just for what you can give, but for who you are. It's easy to think about stewardship as being dollars in the plate. And we do need those dollars. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But what we also need are hands that are willing to work. People that are willing to listen and friends that are willing to come together to teach our young people through confirmation and Sunday school and into adulthood for the adult forum. We need people to serve on the vestry. And trust me, it's not that bad, I know. We need people who are willing to serve on the altar guild to be readers and Eucharistic ministers and Eucharistic visitors. There are so many ways that we can give to make God's kingdom come on earth. It's also giving when we see someone walking by on the street that we choose to say hello instead of turn our backs. It's realizing that when we come together, we can do more than we can do alone. Paul says, and we close morning prayer with it, we can do more than we can ask or imagine. So we need to have your imaginations to do the work and give us ideas so that we can think and dream and plan. The words of Isaiah this morning rang out when he says, excuse me, He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted. That is who we are called to be in this place. As I said at the 8 o'clock, the world is a broken and hurting place right now. And we have to come together and tell everyone, this is the best place for you to be.
We want you here among us. We need you. Because without you, the church is just an empty building. And eventually, unfortunately, not here. Churches close. And it's a sad day to have served or be or attended a church that closes. So don't think about a stewardship drive as just how much you can give financially. We do ask that you give financially, of course. But what else can you give? Your time. Time is the one thing we all need everyone to be able to give to. This place. Your treasure, we know about. And your talent. My goodness, this is such a talented place. It's hard to believe what people have kept to themselves until we've asked them to join us. The gorgeous art show. The beautiful lessons and carols. Not only that, but the delicious receptions. These are the treasures that will make memories, that will keep us going. So when you fill out your pledge card, and I hope you do, if you haven't already, think about all that the church has given you and all that God gives you, because we can only give a little back from what we have been given, not only by God, but in relationship with one another. So until next year, no more stewardship talk from me. But it's not as painful as we think. It is a joyous event in our lives to be able to give to a place we love that holds such affection in our hearts. May we remember all we've been given and may we also remember all we have to give. Amen.